Welcome to the 2024 Litigation Forecast podcast series, where our litigation and dispute resolution team shares its predictions and recommendations for business in the year ahead, brought to you by Minter Ellison Rudd Watts. My name is Andrew Horn, a partner in the litigation team, and I'm here with my fellow litigation partner, Jane Standage. Previously, we discussed the Supreme Court's recent decision in Smith and Fonterra, allowing a private activist to continue bringing claims against some of New Zealand's largest companies based on climate change issues. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing the latest on greenwashing claims. But before we begin, please note that nothing we're discussing today is legal advice, and all information in this podcast is correct as at the date of recording, which is 8 February 2024. So Jane, greenwashing is such a big part of climate change litigation. It's one of the major risks that companies face, particularly from regulators. Uh, what are the key learnings to date on that? So one of the key learnings about greenwashing is that it's not simply a matter of making sure that individual statements are true. It's also a matter of enterprise branding and making sure the overall impression you are creating in the minds of consumers is actually accurate. And one of the really important decisions on this is actually an HSBC UK um, Advertising Standards Authority decision. And while it's not a court decision, it did illustrate the point really well. A couple of facts. So HSBC UK made a couple of statements on some billboards. They were not a situation in which you could have lots of qualifying material. Um, But they said climate change doesn't do borders, neither do rising sea levels. That's why HSBC is aiming to provide up to one trillion in financing and investment globally to help our clients transition to net zero. And then they made another statement, climate change doesn't do borders. So in the UK, we're helping to plant 2 million trees, which will lock in 1.25 million tonnes of carbon over their lifetime. And so there's a complaint to the Advertising Standards Authority in the UK. The ASA considered that consumers would take this to mean that HSBC was making and intended to make a positive overall contribution to the environment as a company and that it was planting trees that would create a meaningful impact on carbon sequestration. But but they were actually planting the trees. Oh, they were doing these things. Yeah, they were were absolutely true statements. But what they were saying was that this is misleading in a situation where HSBC was financing companies generating significant emissions and when HSBC UK tended to keep funding thermal coal mining and power production to 2040. Now, the other side of the story is that HSBC UK said, hang on a minute, this transition funding is really necessary. We need to help these companies transition to a lower carbon economy, but the ASA decided that this was not sufficiently clear from the billboards. It's quite a hard line for people to be dealing with when it's a billboard, but the point being that any advertisement of your ESG credentials needs to be made in the context of what you are doing as a whole as a company. Should they put on the billboard, we're doing all these wonderful things, asterisk down at the bottom, we're doing some bad things too? Yeah, I I mean, that would be totally unpalatable, wouldn't it? But I guess the point being that you have to really think about what can you say that's not going to create this misleading impression and I'm uh, I'm not sure what they would have been saying. It's very difficult when these, these statements are actually true and you want to be able to celebrate your successes in ESG. This sort of attitude does appear to hamper their ability to to say anything about their progress. Well, it sounds as though biz- businesses that want to celebrate and publicise the good things that they're doing need to create an overall balanced impression. Mm, so you, yes. can't, you can't use those things that you're doing to create an impression that your business is, is net zero, for instance. Exactly. When, when in fact, mm. it's still involved in 
in, in some of these traditional activities mm. that contribute to climate change. So you have to tell a more nuanced and balanced story, which is hard to do on a billboard. Exactly. So what can businesses do to reduce the risk? I, I suppose the first thing they can do is be truthful and accurate about the specific claims they're making. Don't claim to be planting a billion trees when you're only planting a million. Yes, exactly. Um, and the other thing is don't use vague language. And the problem with ESG is that it's littered with vague language. Like sustainability itself is a very poorly understood term. Nobody knows quite what it means. And so when you use that word, you've got to be very clear what you're meaning. And so be specific about what is the sustainable uh, aspect of your company and how is it sustainable to you? When you're advertising, it can be tempting to exaggerate, but you mustn't do that in climate-related uh, claims either, mustn't you? And it's important to make sure your marketing team is well on board with all of this so they don't you know, get excited about the single statements and, and, and forget the overall impression. Uh, obviously, you need to substantiate your claims. You need to have the reasonable grounds for the claim at the time when you make them. So you've got that in your hot little hand um, if the regulators come calling. And one of the most important things to do is to work out, well, if you're advertising that you've, you're going to achieve this particular aim, like net zero, um, what does that mean? How will you measure it? And, and how will you achieve it in the end? And if you can't achieve it, what's your plan to communicate that to the market so you're not being misleading? If we put together a little shopping list for what a company might do to reduce its risk, mm. what might that look like? So firstly, you'd identify your current ESG-related claims on your website, your press disclosures, and your advertising. And then you do a risk assessment of these existing claims against regulated guidance and principles. Also, if any claims have resulted in a complaint or anyone's expressed concern that something is inaccurate, then it's important to decide what you're going to do about that and make it right. But beyond all of the claims individually... It's the overall impression that counts, as we've said before. And often what you don't say is what creates the risk. It's, it's all very easy to talk mm. up the good things that you're doing. But as we've seen, it's important to present the whole thing in a balanced way. And, and try to stand in the shoes of your, your stakeholders and evaluate what they would expect the claim to mean. Perhaps a less technical audience um, than your own office and see, see what they think it would mean rather than sticking to, to what you think it means. This is obviously a bit of a minefield. And it's not going to be easy to get it right in the first instance. And I, I think we're probably going to see a number of decisions and a number of prosecutions of companies who, who have just not been able to get it quite right in terms of getting their statements right, being accurate about everything, being able to verify the claims and uh, substantiate the claims they're making and make sure that overall they're not creating a misleading impression of what their company is doing. And the tricky thing here is, is, is not, in essence, the law, because you know, it's the traditional misleading and deceptive conduct fair trading act, but what is difficult is the, the nuance and the context in which these representations are made and the ever-evolving meanings that we're seeing around the world, which not only need to be right the first time, they need to be right if you continue to make the representation over time. Um, and that's the really, really tricky thing about ESG and greenwashing. Well, on that sobering thought, it might be time to, <laughs> might be time to wrap up. Thanks. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks very much for listening. We'll soon be releasing our litigation forecast for 2024, which will be available on our website at minterellison.co.nz. We'll also shortly be releasing the other podcasts in this series. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to rate, review, or follow Minterellison Rudd Watts wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to receive new episodes directly in your inbox via our website at minterellison.co.nz.